You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball. Time to hear from the second-year head coach of the Stags as we talk about what's going on and what is coming up for Fairfield. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Also joining us today, the Stags junior point guard out of San Jose, California, Jake Wojcik. Now, Fairfield's coming off what was supposed to be a weekend of no games, but unfortunately for the Stags, it's going to be more than one weekend of no games. Fairfield had a positive test among its Tier 1 personnel, so instead of returning to play this Friday, January 29th, Fairfield's on pause, and the Stags' next scheduled game is Friday, February 5th at St. Peter's. So, um, Jay, let's start it off by asking you, when did you find out about the positive test and what chain of events did that lead to for you, your coaches, and, and the Fairfield program? It's right on cue, Bob. My dogs start barking. Uh, <laughs> we, we, went through, we went through this, uh, this summer, uh, and I'm not going. It's too cold to go out in the car, so this is – I apologize for the background. Uh, we found out Saturday morning. We were tested uh, Friday um, morning. Usually the test results come back kind of during the night, you know, at one, two o'clock in the morning. And then we woke up uh, on Saturday morning, didn't have any results back. I guess the lab had a higher volume than normal and just kind of, you know, you wait by your phone and the results kind of kept rolling in. We were on, got a bunch of negatives and then, then we had a positive pop up. So I found out uh, Saturday morning and, and um, obviously we immediately went into quarantine. And by quarantine, that means, um, well, you usually talk to us from your office, and as you just uh, told us, you get the dogs there barking in the background because you're home, and how long do you um, and the coaches need to stay in this literal quarantine? Uh, Ten days, so we're hoping that if uh, there are no more positive tests, that we can be out on uh, February 2nd. And where are all the players right now? Uh, anybody who tested positive has to go to the Dolan uh, Business area it's not the business school i'm sorry the dolan the old dolan business school which has now been turned into a a quarantine um residence and uh anybody who tested negative is at the trumbull marriott okay all right we'll uh we'll follow up with you in a moment coach uh we wanted to uh bring in uh jake uh, whose uh, college career has been uh, a whirlwind and uh jake uh, so is your first year as a stag because uh our fans uh, will remember that initially you had an NCAA waiver request denied. So that was, in essence, your first pause. And then um, the NCAA granted eligibility to everybody. So that was your reprieve. And now you have uh, another pause along with all of your teammates. So it's been kind of a m- mentally challenging time so far as a stag. Uh, how, how are you holding up in terms of uh, – just maintaining a positive outlook toward everything. Uh, you know, that's all you can have now, like during these times and during these, uh, these days, it's just a positive outlook on, on everything. And, you know, we're in uh, hotels and quarantine right now. So we're trying to um, figure out ways to uh, help us uh, come out of quarantine even better 
and that's with everything. And so we're watching film, you know, and doing all the little things to, uh, to uh, get better after quarantine. How frustrating is it? As you said, you need to maintain that positive outlook, but I'm sure there's a level of frustration involved in this as well. I imagine uh, you have to deal with that as much as uh, you try to remain positive, right? Yeah, exactly. It's tough. You know, you, uh, you come back and you kind of get shut down maybe once or twice and you see uh, teams around the country and even in our league, you get shut down um, and it just switches up the matchups kind of. So, you know, it's frustrating along in the sense of uh, that we can't play games, you know, over the weekend sometimes. And uh, that's the most frustrating thing for me. Must be particularly frustrating also in the sense that uh, you were really starting to uh, find your offensive rhythm as a stag. Uh, I presume just based on what we've been seeing from you, uh, you were starting to get into a groove there, weren't you? Uh, yeah, you know, kind of just settling, uh, kind of starting to play with the guys, getting getting a feel for uh, where different guys like the ball and, and same and vice versa as well. And uh, yeah, so it started to pick up towards the end. In a general sense, Jake, how are you enjoying your uh, adventurous uh, time at Fairfield so far? And, and after you made the decision that you were going to transfer out of Richmond, what were the uh, most compelling reasons that led you to becoming a stag? Uh, as far as it goes right now, I'm happy. I'm great. I'm in a great place. Uh, great coaches, um, great teammates, um, nothing but positive things. Um, as far as, uh, can you repeat the last question you said? What were the things, the most compelling reasons? I'm sure there were other schools involved uh, when you were making the decision uh, to transfer out of Richmond and uh, Fairfield ended up being at the top of the list. Uh, what were those reasons that led you to choosing Fairfield? Uh, a bunch of different reasons. The, the main reason was how hard the coaching staff was uh, recruiting me. Um, I was constantly co talking to Coach Young. Um, basically every day. And that was, that was the main thing. That was the main kickoff that uh, really starstruck me in, in wanting to become a stag. Um, but that was the main reason. And obviously it's a great academic school, you know, transferring from Richmond, I wanted to go to a good academic school and um, in Fairfield that it is a very uh, good academic school. So um, basically all those things. Well, Joe and I are going to uh, follow up with you in, in a few moments. Uh, what you just said there is a nice entry point for me to uh, bring Jay back in. And Jay, uh, speaking about Jake, he just talked about how hard you guys uh, recruited him and, and you and your coaching staff were at the top of his list when he made his choice to become a stag. How long has Jake been on your personal radar? I presume it dates back to your, uh, your time at Rutgers. Yeah, it does. I, I said to Jake the first time I talked to him, I said, I think I, I, uh, it's like I've known you for years and we've never spoken because uh, his grandfather uh, was our uh, radio guy uh, at Rutgers. Joe Boylan, who is a longtime coach, athletic director, was the athletic director for over 20 years at Loyola, Maryland, um, and was an assistant coach on the 76 Final Four team at Rutgers. So uh, got to know him in my, in my time at Rutgers uh, very, very well traveling. And, um, and I think Joe, Joe knows him well too. One of the, one of the great human beings in the world, <laughs> uh, really just a, a tremendous man. So I was always talking to him about Jake as Jake was coming up playing high school basketball. Um, 
just kind of followed him all the time. I, I, I would always check a box score to know how Jake did because I want to be prepared if Coach Boylan asked me a question about him. <laughs> so I, I kind of always followed him. And uh, I knew just, uh, you know, his playing situation had changed a little bit his sophomore year. Uh, and uh, saw Coach Boylan in a couple of my games. We just talked in general about Jake, nothing specific. And, and you know, uh, then when I, I knew he was going to become available on the transfer portal, waited for his name to become available and, and uh, you know, just contacted Coach Boylan, Coach contacted Jake's dad right away and got on the phone with Jake uh, immediately. But it was one of those things where, although we had never spoken, I, I really felt like I did know him through all the conversations that I had with Coach Boylan. Yeah, Jake's dad, of course, is uh, Dave, a uh, former uh, player and former coach, and his uncle, uh, Doug, is a, a former player, a great one, and a former coach. And, uh, of course, the grandfather you just mentioned is Joe Boylan, so uh, certainly a lot of connections there. And we're going to get more into that with, uh, with Jake in a moment. I uh, wanted to ask you, uh, Jay, about this, uh, this pause again and um, you know, how it affects – you as a coach, because coaches are so routine driven and it's a little different uh, now than it was, say, at the beginning of the season when, when there was some uncertainty. You know, the NCAA pushed the time of the season, pushed it back to November 25th. And you were dealing with really what kind of a season would you be presented with? And then you get into the season and now it stops. Cold dead stop for you. And I'm sure you're like every other coach, routine driven. How tough is this for you to handle from that aspect of somebody who does things by a schedule, a tight schedule, and now you're thrown into this kind of a situation? Yeah, I think if there's anything good that came out of this, it's probably that coaches, it's forced us to take a, a different look at things and be a little more flexible because we are so uh, schedule and routine driven and process driven. So um, maybe in some senses <laughs> – you know, trying to find a positive that, that, that that's something we need to do a better job of, of, um, you know, uh, kind of being a little more flexible at times. But for me, it's, it's not being around the guys. It's not being in the gym. That's the tough part. That's what I love to do. I love to be at practice. And I, I mean, the games are, are, are the games and, and those are, you know, where you, uh, obviously we, where, where you, uh, you know, all, all, all that you've done in practice comes together. But for me, it's just the everyday interaction with the guys and being on that floor with them and kind of sweating with them that I miss the most. So that's been difficult. But, you know, it's it just this is what this year uh, has been. Uh, we had been in a very, very good stretch of, of playing games and practicing. But I did think that this was going to be inevitable at some point. Um, I really did. Just Just the nature of how many teams have been shut down. And, uh, you know, we're going to deal with this the best way that we can. And that's just like Jake said, staying connected and trying to trying to be better uh, coming out of this. Knowing that uh, you felt that way, the inevitability of this, um, did you kind of have a plan in place as to, you know, where you would go once it happened, if it did happen, which it has. And in that sense, did the planning make this any easier, if that's at all possible? You know, th there's not a whole lot you can do, uh, Bob, during this time. We've been, we started today. We just went into quarantine on Saturday. So we kind of let everybody settle down. But we, we started yesterday with some workouts that they can do with our strength coach online uh, via Zoom. And then we started breaking down some film for the guys. We do about a 45 minute uh, session of film with them just to, 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 you know, keep these guys again connected. And they'll break down later uh, 
more position wise to do some more film. So that's really all you can do without having the interaction. We're lucky we have the technology to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, our message all year is we've got the same goal. The path is going to be different. The path is going to take many twists and turns, but our goal is going to remain the same. And, um, you know, how, how can we come out of this and, and not take a step back is going to be key for us. What is your biggest fear about this pause? And, you know, I know you were starting to see some things from the stags that encouraged you. Uh, so that obviously is part of what your answer will, I'm sure, be. But what other fears do you have as far as this pause is concerned affecting your program in a negative way, this team in a negative way? You know, I, I think we're, we're just a, a program that really values practice and, and our opportunities. And not that other programs don't, but it, for us, it's everything. And, and, and those, you know, two, two and a half hours a day are, are just a, a big part of what we do and, and how we get better. Uh, so there, there's so much of that. You know, our conditioning obviously is a concern. Uh, as you mentioned, Bob, I thought we were starting to get into a little better rhythm on both ends of the floor. Um, and I, I thought we were, were taking steps to becoming a, a, a much better basketball team. So I, I didn't want to take this. I don't want this to have a, an impact on that. We're going to continue to do what we can do. But, uh, you know, I worry about everything, quite honestly. And, and the limited practice time now we're going to get before we play, uh, which is scheduled right now, St. Peter's. But, you know, we could be talking next week, whatever, and who knows right. who we'll be playing or, or what the situation will be. So, uh, just, just trying to take it day by day like we have and, and have a good attitude about everything and, and, uh, and try and come out of this on, on the other end of it and, and with some positives. And, and even if it's, if it's watching a lot of film or, or staying in shape through the Zoom stuff, trying to do the best we can. As uh, you just mentioned there, watch the film, and we know you're really big on uh, watching film and breaking things down. Is there anything that you've uh, seen beyond what you've told us about in, uh, in the past that gives you, um, you know, reason to be really optimistic about these second 10 games in the MAC? Uh, I mean, if you were to be really specific about the things that are encouraging you right now as the Stags get ready to play half number two in the MAC season, what would those specific things be? I, I think mostly just uh, our offense has had a better rhythm to it. Uh, at times, I mean, we still have some possessions that uh, that drive me crazy. But there, we were just getting less of those possessions. We were turning the ball over less, um, which was a good sign for us. Um, uh, and just getting more production. I think you saw Jake, as he mentioned, starting to settle in and feel more comfortable. Zach as well. Um, Supreme was playing better on the offense. And everybody was just kind of getting a, a a little better feel of you know, when to cut, when to screen, when to not cut, when to, you know, that type of thing. So I, I was starting to get encouraged with that. And then, you know, obviously coming off a game against Maris where your defense played like you thought that they were capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, if you'd asked me after the first Maris game, I would tell you a different story. But I, I just, I, I was getting the feeling that we were starting to get it, if that makes sense, um, a little more of what, of, of how we should be playing. And I was encouraged by that. But I would say more, Bob, specifically, just, just some of our, our – we were just having better offensive possessions uh, in general over the course of 40 minutes. You mentioned a few players just a moment ago, and uh, we know uh, the upside of Jake. In fact, we, we, we've seen plenty of it already. Um, 
If you were to give us some specific names beyond the few you just mentioned a moment ago, Fairfield players who, just based on what you've seen in a progression sense, what Fairfield player or players have the chance to really maybe break through and take that next big step to the next level? Yeah, I, th I think there's really a bunch of them. Uh, um, you know, you saw Caleb probably in the best three or four game stretch that he's had all season. So, so I was really encouraged with that. J Jake, as we talked about already, was, was uh, you know, you saw a big jump in his offensive production and his efficiency. Chef uh, had been playing better, had given us good moments. Uh, Supreme as well. If we could keep Supreme, his, you know, point per minute was, was great. We just couldn't keep him on the floor. And, uh you know, so I really thought that each guy individually was kind of taking a step forward, which which is one we were just playing better. So uh, I was encouraged by uh, some very good moments by all of our guys. They have to be more consistent for sure. But uh, I think we, we were going over some of the offensive stuff today on film with these guys and just showing them some really good possessions that we've had over the course of uh, the last three or four games. And now we've got to, you know, have more of them and uh, and and uh, continue to build off that. But um, there were a bunch of guys, Bob, that I felt were really starting to play uh, much better. And you just, uh, you've mentioned Jake's name in that regard a few times now. And uh, Jake, let's bring you back in and uh, get to know you a little bit better. And uh, your story is uh, well known to most Stags fans by now. You're, as we've already mentioned, you're the son of a former player and coach. Uh, your dad is uh, Dave. And uh, I was curious about, uh, since you've been around basketball literally all of your life, what were your earliest memories of uh, basketball? Was it almost an inevitability that you would become a basketball player based on your family situation? Yeah, you know, growing up always, uh, my dad was never forced basketball on me, kind of just let it happen. Um, it was kind of inevitable, though. Um, I was around it all my life. Uh, probably the earliest memories that I kind of have are just – um, hanging around like the the guys, uh, my my dad's teams, and just just hanging around them. And those are like the most memorable memorable. Um, and I still talk to some of those guys actually now today, um, which is really nice. Who uh, who are you close with as far as those former players are concerned? Um, one name I would say Ish Smith um, at Wake Forest. He's at the Wizards now, I think. Um, he's been all over the place. He is, he's a, that guy is a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, one of my best friends back home is actually buddy is uh, Tyler Johnson, who plays for the Nets right now. So um, lots of memories with him, too, as well. Yeah. Tyler Johnson uh, with the Nets, who, of course, was with the Heat. Um, his um, his brother is a Logan Johnson, who. Uh, I think it's at St. Mary's now and was at Cincinnati. Uh, he's one of your, even though he was a high school rival, one of your closest friends, right? Yeah, my best friend, if not now today, yeah, my best friend. Have you gotten to see Tyler a lot as a uh, pro? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, usually I go out there over the summers whenever we have off to uh, work out with him wherever he is at. Um, uh, I was actually fortunate enough to see him um, earlier this year uh, when he was in uh, Brooklyn, so yeah. Yeah, and uh, considering uh, what Brooklyn is now with the big three, uh, you would need a nice connection like Tyler 
in order to uh, get tickets if we could actually go and see these guys, uh, which hopefully will happen uh, sooner than later. But I know uh, Joe uh, wanted to jump in here with a question for you. Yeah, uh, Jake, um, first of all, your grandfather recruited me very, very hard for Rutgers. <laughs> um, growing up in the Bronx, I basically had it narrowed down to three schools, Fairfield, Rutgers, and Holy Cross. And probably the main reason why I didn't go to Rutgers is because my freshman year would have been that final four team. And uh, I probably would not have played as much as I wanted to. So uh, you make sure you tell him I said hello and echo what probably everyone just told you, a real, real good guy. Um, so make sure you tell him I said hello, okay? I will. I will. Um, so I, I want to – I like to delve a little bit back into your past, and, um, and, and I'm really sensitive to this because I also coached for 25 years, and there was a stretch, Jake, where I had to move my kids three times in four years. So – I just try to do some quick math and you were born. I'm not even sure how old you are. You were born what? 2000? 99. 99. So you were, and I could be wrong. You were in eight different cities in the first 18 years of your life. Yes. How hard was that for you? Um, you know, it was hard, harder in the beginning. Um, actually, I mean, actually kind of towards the end, you know, the beginning is kind of easier. You're younger. You kind of meet new friends. It's kind of just, the way of life sort of but as you get older you know you got a different way of life and different different people and different groups of people so you know I struggled I struggled um you know eighth grade around there um finding myself when I moved out to San Jose but um other than that it's been good it's been good so during your high school years were you thinking at all about playing for your dad uh yeah I was we all we always talked about that but um at the end of the day I kind of just we talked and I just kind of wanted to do my own thing and kind of have my own name for my own, make my own name for my own self. So what were your choices out of high school uh, before you picked Richmond? So I actually committed to Siena um, my junior year in high school. So that was my first officer offer and that was, and I committed um, there. And then obviously with the coaching change, I, I uh, decommitted and went to Richmond. Yeah, that was uh, Jimmy Patsos, uh, and that was the uh, Loyola connection, I believe. Uh, would, would be yeah, it was. Yeah. And we're, now you uh, Joe just asked you about all these different places you lived. Uh, what do you? Uh, what were? What's your favorite uh, place uh, as far as if you were to stay? You know, I am a, a California kid, or uh, what do you consider yourself in terms of geographical history? Coach always makes fun of me because he thinks California kids are soft. So I guess he says I'm from <laughs> California. So <laughs> what about you? What do you cop to? I, uh, I cop to California because it's the last, you know, the last uh, five years of my life. So it's where I was, you know, most most part of my life spent. You ever consider um, Did you consider staying out in California? I just mentioned Logan Johnson, who came out to Cincinnati and then he ended up going back. He wanted to get back home. So now he's at St. Mary's uh, playing uh, back in uh, what you now consider your home state. Was that ever uh, something you considered? Yeah, it was. He's a homebody. He likes to be close to home and, and I'm kind of the same way and all my family's uh, out East coast. So I kind of wanted to always come back East coast. That was the plan. All right. So good. There you go, Jay. He's, he's not a California kid. This guy's got <laughs> Eastern blood in him through that's, through and through. That's why I like him. Every time someone goes by him on uh, when he's defending, I tell him he should be a surfer instead of a. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Believe me, if there's one guy who's happy, he decided to come east. It's me. That's for sure. <laughs> so, Jake, um, 
your coach and Bob and pretty much everyone associated with this program know that I'm like a memorabilia freak. I'm like an autograph freak. So your uncle played at Navy mm-hmm. for Paul Evans, who, by the way, I worked for at Pitt and uh, with David Robinson. Have you yep. ever met, spent time with uh, the big fundamental? No, I have not actually. Oh, Never had the opportunity. <laughs> I got to take that up with my uncle, though. That's that's on him. That's not on me. I hear you. Yeah, I'm uh Joe is doing some reminiscing there. I'm old enough uh, to be able to say that I actually called Fairfield games involving your father versus Fairfield and your uncle versus Fairfield. And uh, it just points to, again, all this basketball blood uh, being part of your makeup. And uh, that's an advantage. And there are also pressures involved in that. Jake, uh, you know, you're the son of a coach and the son of a very good player, and your uncle was a really good player in Navy who played with one of the all-time greats. Uh, what kind of pressure did that put on you to kind of uh, live up to what is a very high bar? Well, you know, once I decided that I wanted to go route in basketball, I kind of just – I knew there was going to be a lot of pressure if I wanted to go this route. And, um, you know, I don't really look at it as this pressure – uh, I just look at it as kind of just going out there and having fun and just playing the best that I possibly can and just put and do everything I can to help my team win. And at the end of the day, that's all I can do. And yeah, I don't really worry about pressure that much. Did uh, basketball come naturally to you? Uh, you know, as somebody who's been watching the game for a long time and Joe of course can talk to this because he's the father of uh, two sons who played basketball. How much of it was a natural aptitude and how much of it was developed just by virtue of the fact you had such a great mentor in your, in your own dad? Uh, Yeah, it was, it was in the family. It really ran in the family. So I was always talking about it. Um, But uh, as I grew up, you know, my dad didn't really force it on me. Um, as much, I kind of just grew up asking him to watch film, you know, doing all the little things with him and just understanding the game as much as I can. Um, so, and that's, that's really the main thing is getting all the knowledge that I possibly can from him, my grandpa, and also my uncle as well. Did you excel in any other sports? Were there any other sports that you enjoyed playing and that you were good at? Yeah, I played football and uh, baseball. My dad thought baseball was my favorite sport, my best sport. Um, I was pretty good at baseball. What was your position? Uh, shortstop and left field. Joe, you can relate to that, huh? Yeah, a, a, a big shortstop. That's where it is. you have a favorite player back in the day in California, favorite team? Nah, I've always been Derek Jeter. Never, I, never I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, maybe one day you can come over down here to my basement. I'll show you all my Derek Jeter autographs. Sounds good. Sounds good. Person. Okay. So what about you said you were a football player as well. Um, what, what position and when did you decide that maybe would be a, a safer play to uh, maybe uh, concentrate more on basketball? Uh, I switched over in high school and uh, I was a quarterback. Nice. Man, nice. Well, that goes hand in hand. Uh, you see the basketball floor. Well, and, uh, quarterback doesn't surprise us at all to hear you uh, excel there. So you're an all-around athlete, uh, but we're glad you chose basketball. We're glad you chose Fairfield. And when you came to Fairfield, uh, when you were being recruited by uh, Coach Young, what players made you feel 
comfortable and in your comfort zone? I mean, you obviously were comfortable with the coaching staff, but uh, you needed to get comfortable with your teammates. What players in particular uh, got you into uh, that particular Stag's comfort zone? Well, you know, it was hard with um, with COVID and, and quarantine yeah. and all that happening. So I did do a lot of virtual stuff. So we did a lot of virtual tours. I did a lot of virtual tours with the coaches. And, you know, I got on the phone with a couple of the guys, mainly Taj Benning. I kind of talked to him. That was the main guy that I talked to the most um, that, I, that I went to with all my questions. And he kind of just made me feel at home. And I kind of just fit in right away. Okay, we, we have some, uh, again, Bob and I have been around this program for a long time. We have some very loyal fans who are going to listen to this podcast, and they're probably screaming. I know one or two in particular. Well, ask him about Grant Golden, and does he know his dad played at Fairfield? <laughs> you know his dad, Craig Golden, played at Fairfield? Yeah, I do. I do, actually. Uh, once I committed, you know, me and Grant are really, really close. Um, that was my guy at, uh, at Richmond. So um, we still keep in touch today. And once I committed to Fairfield, actually, he uh, he reached out to me and said, uh, you know, we talked about his dad and all that, that jazz. Yeah, I actually coached his dad a couple of years. I was a young assistant. I was overseas. Then I was in the CBA and I came and I got hired at Fairfield and I coached him his first two years. And then he transferred, uh, transferred to uh, Hartford. Good kid, hardworking, and uh, um, Grant's granddad was also a, a real good guy. Worked for Converse. I was telling Bob that's something I thought I would want to do, and eventually I did it for a year. I worked for Converse, but uh, good kid, and I, I'm I'm glad you uh, had a good relationship with him. And and like I said, um, you know, thing the life is funny, right? Things go around, and uh, life is funny. And you end up in, as a stag there, uh, Jake, and I was curious about how nervous you were when you made your Fairfield debut uh, in that game at Niagara. Was it like starting all over again? Yeah, you know, um, well, it, what the crazy thing was is that I'm going up to the game kind of just not really knowing if I'm going to play or not. I mean, even the whole season. And, you know, the day before coach brings me in and talks to me and, you know, it is a kind of a reset for me. You know, it took me a while kind of to, to get in the rhythm of things, kind of get my win back. Um, but, yeah, it was a reset a little bit in a ways. Who are the players you match up against in, uh, in practice when you're able to practice now? And uh, give us a scan report on them. And uh, I was asking Jay about some of the players uh, for Fairfield he thinks have a chance to take that next big step forward as somebody who's been around the block a few times. Uh, you've already had a college career at Richmond and now you're a stag. Who, uh, who do you go up against in practice and what are your thoughts on some of the other, the other uh, Fairfield players from a scouting standpoint? Uh, go up against Taj, Jesus, Caleb, um, and Jalen as well. Um, you know, all great competitors. Mainly Taz is a is a great competitor. So we usually go at it in practice. Um, but as far as players-wise, they're just all great players, and I'm just glad to be a part of the team. Well, Jake, uh, I know that we are all glad that you are part of the team, and uh, I wanted to ask your coach um, what um, his – view is of you in the long term. Uh, Jay, what kind of an impact can can Jake be in terms of uh, not only a, a stag, but uh, 
in the conference, I mean, there's clearly the potential for Jake to be an all-conference kind of player. I'm saying that now uh, as his career progresses. But your long view of Jake and the contributions he could, he could potentially make to this program. Yeah, I, I tell this to Jake often that I think he's he could be a star here and, and one of the best guards in this conference. It's a conference of really good guards. Um, and, and I think Jake could probably tell you that even come from the Atlantic 10, how good some of these guards are in this conference and, and he can be an elite guard. Um, uh, and it's just a matter of him getting better and, 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 uh, doing all the little details that we talk about all the time and, uh, him, him, uh, being a two-way player, which, which I talk to him about often, but I think, uh, you know, Jake can, uh, really be one of the elite players in this conference and, and you've seen moments, uh, uh, already where, where he's, he's as good as I think any guard right now in this conference. We just, you know, some of it is just his lack of uh, playing, you know, where we just joined us, to, um, I don't know, seven or eight games ago, whatever it is now. And, in, and him, the more he comfortable he gets, the more uh, work he puts in uh, the, the future is limitless for Jake. Jake, uh, when uh, coach mentioned uh, becoming a two-way player, we know you've got offensive game. How much uh, work do you need to do to get to uh, the defensive level that uh, Coach Young is demanding from you? Um, you know, he, well, he brought me in his office in the beginning of the year and thought I had thought I had good foot speed and stuff like that. Thought I didn't give myself enough credit. Um, so he thinks I'm an okay defender, but uh, I got a lot to work on. I got a lot to work on. Okay, and uh, I have a feeling that uh, you're going to be hearing about it. Uh, even when you're when you're reaching the point where you think you should be, Jay's going to ask for a little bit more. Uh, we know kind of a defensive-minded coach he is. And, uh, well, you're defensive right now in terms of uh, how the season is progressing, uh, Jay. You're, you're midway through the max season, and now it's actually incredibly. Uh, it's time to start thinking toward uh, the postseason, and, I know Joe and I were both curious about this because we weren't really sure about um, how it's going to work with like tournament seeding and all that kind of thing. You know, you've played the most games in the MAC. Some teams have played uh, compared to you, uh, you know, very few games. Do you have any clarity yet? I, I know, look, we're 10 games away from the end of the regular season, but people are starting to wonder, you know, when we get toward the conference tournament, how is this thing going to shake out in terms of, you know, where you know, where teams are at in terms of number of games played and how you sort it all out. Yeah, there's a, there is a revised uh, uh, tiebreaker formula uh, that the MAC put out at the beginning of the year based on the fact that uh, uh, teams may not have the same number of games that they completed. Uh, so uh, it's basically done on, on percentage, winning percentage, um, you know, I, I think it, we all agreed to at this at this type of year that um, although it might not be fair, it's the only way to really do it. When we felt that teams wouldn't have might might not have uh, you know the same number of games, and it looks like that's probably going to happen. So uh, it's it's rather uh, complicated uh, once you get down to two, three, and four. The the, the tiebreakers, the tiebreakers, and that type of stuff. But there is a formula in place. Uh, for us to have a champion, a regular season champion, based on, uh, you know, an uneven number of games that, that teams will play. Okay, so I, I looked, uh, again, I don't know if it's been updated. I looked at the recent tiebreaker standings that had you eighth, 
and at three and seven. I own a ninth at three and one. So I got to ask you, um, so we get to playoff time and a team like Iona with a great coach, Patino, runs the table in the MAC tournament, but still doesn't have the magic number of 13. So I'm going to backpedal now. Are they going to be allowed to participate into the into the MAC tournament? Even with that run, they don't have enough. Yeah, I hope I'm getting this right. I uh, I believe you have to have 13 to get to your league tournament. Oh, 13 to get to the league tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. As of now, I believe, and and I, I hope I'm getting this right, that the league tournament does not count as regular season games. It's okay. 13, All right. 13 regular season games. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just wanted to throw it out there, Jay, only because I know we're getting to that point of the season where people are start wondering about this, particularly in light of all of the uh, pauses that Fairfield is going through now, and many uh, teams, even in the MAC, are have been going through. Um, and that being said, you kind of hinted at it earlier. You know, your next schedule, air quotes around scheduled games are against St. Peter's, but, you know, you're hoping that's what it is. But as you run up now through this next period of pause and then hopefully back to normal, you spend a lot of time, you know, what what, what do you do in terms of getting ready for St. Peter's? When do you really ramp it up to get ready for the Peacocks? Well, we're, we're, I'm watching film on them now. Um, okay. Just, you know, and the one, one thing that has happened is you've got a pretty good familiarity with the league because – at this point, I think we've almost thought we were playing everybody once. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we started to scout them and yeah. stopped and kind of put the file away and then take out another file. Um, so we're, we're watching them now. Um, honestly, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think all the coaches tell you because of the, the way the schedule is and it, you really spend, and it's probably a good thing, a lot more time just watching our own practices, our own film and showing that to the guys too. So we are doing some prep for them now. Um, you know, obviously a very good team, but, but, you know, we're also prepared that that could not be our opponent. You know, we just kind of have all the coaches working on different teams and, and, and being as, as ready as we can, uh, if, if we get news that someone else is, we're going to be playing someone else. And, uh, just to review coach, if everything goes as you hope it goes, meaning no more negative tests, when is the exact date that you can get these guys back on the practice floor? Uh, next Tuesday, February 2nd, I believe, believe it's February 2nd. Yeah. Okay. So that would give you, um, three days leading up to, uh, then the Friday game, the fifth down in uh, Jersey city against St. Peter's. And, uh, as we wrap this thing up, coach, we, uh, usually wrap it up by getting, uh, the latest on, uh, the injured stags and, uh, some of our listeners will accuse us of burying the lead here, but, uh, we happen to know, unfortunately, the news that you're going to break to us now that, uh, the news is not good as far as this season is concerned with, uh, one of your outstanding freshmen, uh, Jalen Leach. Uh, why don't you bring us up to date on his foot injury? Yeah, unfortunately the, uh, the MRI that we were waiting, uh, for showed a fracture in his foot that he had to have surgery on on Monday and uh, the surgery went well, it was successful, but that will, uh, that will table him for the rest of the year. Yeah. How did, uh, how did he look? I know he didn't react to the news well, but uh, how did he handle it based on uh, what you were able to judge? Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly disappointed as, as any player would be. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the fact that 
uh, he gets this year back was was some consolation to him. But Jalen wanted to play and you know wanted to compete this year and was certainly disappointed. But uh, uh, like I said, the surgery went well. The doctor thinks it's going to be a hundred percent recovery, and I just told him we'll come back and uh, you know we'll get him healthy and and get him ready for next year. Do you have any idea? I mean, how did it happen? It was, you know, honestly, it was, it was, I think around the five or six minute uh, mark where he went to the basket, the ball kind of got stripped out of his hand against Marist in the second game. And he landed awkwardly. He came to the bench right away. And I honestly thought it was just a slight sprain of his ankle. I didn't think it was anything other than that. I saw a trainer after the game, Mike Thomas, he's, thought that it was told me it wasn't an ankle sprain. It was something with the bottom of his foot that he was concerned about. Um, but till we got the MRI, uh, you know, I, I was still optimistic. I, I just, you know, I, I kind of half saw it, I guess, but his reaction wasn't one where he was in a, a tremendous amount of pain. So I was hoping it was something that, you know, take a couple of weeks off at the most, but unfortunately the MRI said uh, differently. And, uh, and that's where we're at. The last time we spoke to you, you talked about some of the players who now have to uh, step up and uh, what you thought at the time would be his short-term absence. Now it's the rest of the season. So um, why don't you revisit that real quickly? Uh, talk about the players who um, now have a chance to respond and, and help fill that void. Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of the guys who were playing regularly, playing better, guys like Jake and Caleb and, and Taj stepping up their games. And I also think it's a great opportunity for, you know, a guy like AJ, who, who was kind of out of our rotation, and, and um, JK, John Kelly, to, to get a chance to see what they can do. And, and, you know, Jesus play a little more three first. He's been playing mostly the four. So we're going to piece it to be together as best we can, but it, you know, it's a great opportunity for those guys to, to, who, who really haven't been, um, you know, getting a lot of minutes and uh, JK, who's just coming back off injury himself uh, mm -hmm. to, to get a chance to, to see what they can do here. Great. Well, we're looking forward to you guys actually getting back on the floor and uh, Jake, uh, I know I can speak for Joe when, uh, First, it was nice getting to know you a little bit better via Zoom. We certainly hope that we get to do it in person sooner than later. But best of luck for the rest of this season. Really enjoying watching you as a stag. And, again, thanks for the time you gave us here today. Yep, look forward to it. Thank you very much. Joe, anything else for Jake or Joe no. as we wrap things up? No, it was a good session. Thank you. Good episode. Thank you. Jay, you did a great job of calming those dogs down. Somebody feed them. With a... yeah, we might have tranquilized them upstairs. <laughs> Today's a big day. They're getting groomed, so that will uh, the smell in the house will be much better. Especially, I didn't mind it. Now I'm around. I'm like these guys need a bath, so they're getting, <laughs> getting groomed today. So it's a big day. Well, uh, to you and Jake, uh, good luck handling the rest of this pause. And uh, hopefully it's the last we ever have to uh, use that word when it relates to uh, Fairfield basketball. Thanks uh, for a, a great podcast as always, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank That'll you. do it. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. We're going to put the podcast on pause for one week. You can look for us again after the Stags play their two-game series in Jersey City against St. Peter's. That means we'll produce our next episode for release on or about February 10th. So for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our special guest Jake Wojcik and our producer extraordinaire Ryan Moynihan, I'm Bob Eastler. Thanks for listening to Open Court.
The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.